Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. So, like I said, um, we are going to look at this scripture as an answer to how can we ensure that Jesus is constantly flowing, is constantly being seen through us. Effortlessly, you are not doing, you are not um, forcing it. You are allowing the Holy Spirit to walk through your life. So we want to read the scripture. We've read it before. Um, is in John chapter 4. So if you open your Bibles to John chapter 4, like I said, you've read it before. But we will study it together. I want us to study it together by God's grace. John 4. This was when Jesus had encountered the Samaritan woman. And the woman was so touched. The Bible said she left her bucket and went into the, or left her water pot and went into the city. In verse 27. So, um, John 4, verse 27. I will read it from verse 27 down to verse 38. But we'll, do, we'll major on a few verses there for our study. Now, verse 27, the Bible says, And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way to the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. That both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the same is true, one sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. May the Holy Spirit grant us insight as we study together. So, Jesus had spoken to the Samaritan woman and she was so touched. The Bible says she left her water pot and went into the city. The first thing you notice there is you cannot affect people beyond the point which the Holy Spirit and Jesus have affected you. You see, this woman was affected by Jesus and you saw automatically 
that because of the effect Jesus had in her on her, the Bible says she left, she came to fetch water. She came to fetch water. And Jesus cornered her. And the effect was that she left her water pot and went into the city to call people to come and meet Jesus. So I'm noticing there, first of all, beloved brethren, that we have to yearn for God to affect us deeply so that we can affect others. We cannot do much for God when our lives is not set on fire. This woman came to fetch water from the well and something happened in her heart and she automatically left the issue of fetching water because for her, that was now very, 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 very inconsequential. What Jesus was saying to her, the insight she was getting as she interacted with Jesus was far more important than fetching water. So that's the first point we should take note of. And I think we should pray a prayer this evening. Lord Jesus, help me. I want you, Lord Jesus, to affect me beyond what I am doing now. Open my heart, O Lord, so that I can be affected even more by your life. Just a prayer point there. Now, what I want us to focus on, remember the question I asked at the beginning. Lord, how can I be consistently, how can I consistently be on fire for you? Lord, how can I exhume your life always? That when when they wake me up from sleep, it is Jesus that comes. It is Jesus that is seen. As I interact, interact with people, Lord, how can I be so effective that your abundant life is flowing through me constantly? Now, look at, look at this. Now, the Bible said, the disciples in verse 30, 31 came to him. He said, Rabbi, eat. Remember, Jesus was at that well because he was tired from his journey. And he sent, the disciples had gone out to buy food. Lo and behold, they brought the food. And he said to them, when they asked him, Jesus, why don't you eat? Master, eat. Now look at what Jesus said. And this is the thing that touched me, first of all. He said to them, I have food to eat, which you do not know. Very important. Jesus said, I have food to eat that you, my disciples, do not know. And he touched me. Why did he touch me? That Jesus was consumed, was consuming a particular type of food that his followers did not know. Beloved brethren, You are following Jesus too. Is Jesus also telling you this evening? I have food to eat that you do not know. The question is, 
Should Jesus be eating a different kind of food to me? That's the question. And, you know, it's a serious question because Jesus told the disciples, you do not know this food. And, you know, as I read it for myself personally, the question came to me, do I also know this food that Jesus is talking about? Do I, am I conversant with this food? You know, because when he told them, I have food to eat, which you do not know. If they knew the food, they would not have asked, "Ah, has somebody given him something to eat? But Jesus was talking in the spiritual. And beloved brethren, the challenge for me and you is, we too must know the food Jesus is eating. We must not be ignorant of the kind of nourishment, of, of the kind of thing that energizes or satisfies Jesus' hunger. We must not be ignorant of this. We, we must not be eating another type of food that is different from what Jesus eats. That's the challenge for me now. And I was praying. And it's good for us to pray this thing corporately. Lord, can I be eating the food, Lord Jesus, that you are eating? Spiritual food that you are eating. And what was Jesus eating that the disciples did not know? Jesus told them. And he, told, he had to spell out the food for them. And you see, beloved brethren, if me and you are going to remain spiritually alive, if we are going to remain spiritually effective in these last days, if we are going to um, be nourished and continue to grow in the things of God, we need to give ourselves this food. Look at the food. My food. That's Jesus' food. My own. That's why he said my food. And I pray this is also going to be your own food too. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That was the food of Jesus. That was what Jesus ate and drank. To do the will of him who sent him. Now, beloved brethren, this is not abstract. We have to understand and appreciate that we too have been sent. You see, when you gave your life to Jesus, you were already sent. There is no man who is sent and is not giving adequate provision for his mission. Jesus was sent. And because we have accepted Jesus who was sent, we too automatically have been sent. You know, when I looked at the word, of, when I looked at this, I was thinking, what is Jesus' food? You know, the first thing that came to my mind is, is the word of God. I agree. Isn't it? It's the word of God. But the word of God that is not practiced, the word of God that is not put into action, is not food. Look at what Jesus said. My food is to do. So the word of God 
that just remains at head knowledge, as memory verse, as scriptures that you know, that is not put into action, is not food. Jesus said, my food is to do the will. The will of God is his word. Doing and practicing his word is the will of God. So doing the will of God, practicing the word of God that you know is actually meant to be food for your soul. It's meant to give you energy in your spirit. It's meant to energize your heart. It's meant to quicken you in your heart. It's meant to charge you up. You are down spiritually. What happens? You go and obey the word of God and you are alive again. To do his will is meant to energize you, beloved brethren. In whatever capacity you find yourself, to do the will of God is meant to give you energy. Now, the question is, why is it that obeying God doesn't seem as if it's to energize us? Why? It's because we don't see it as food. When we don't see something as food, you cannot appreciate. You will not be able to take in. If you if somebody brings um, cheese sandwiches now, and you are hungry, and you did not know that there were cheese sandwiches, excuse me, will you just go and eat it? How many of us can just eat anything that we don't know? You go somewhere, you go to a remote village in in Southern Asia, and they present a kind of meal in a plate for you. And those of you who have traveled far and wide will understand. The first question that comes to your mind is, what is this? Isn't it? Because it is in a plate does not mean you can eat it. (laughs) You always ask, what is this? Do you know that was what the root, that question, what is this? That was the root question of the word manna. You know, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness and they brought, and manna started falling down, eh? the word manna means what is this? What is it? That is manna. Because the children of Israel were asking, what is this that the Lord has brought for us? Manna. That was the meaning. So when you do not know that something is food, you won't eat it. And is it does it does it also mean that because we do not know that doing the will of God is meant to serve as energy. It's meant to serve as a, a great inspiration. It's meant to energize your heart in this world presently. It's meant to bring life to your spirit. When we do not know that, we will not appreciate that the will of God is actually, to do the will of God is actually food. And, you know, 
Jesus told the disciples, you do not know the food I have to eat. But I thank God in his mercy. Immediately when he told those disciples, you do not know, he told them exactly what the food was so that they will know. And that has not changed. As I was reading the scripture and I was asking myself, so what is this food, Lord? Immediately I read it. Jesus said, my food, which I want you to also eat, which I want you to also make your diet consistently, is to do the will of him who sent you. So, beloved brethren, are you very particular? The way you are very particular about what you eat, are you very particular about doing the will of God that you know? Are you very deliberate about it? Are you checking and saying, ah, this thing that I've just read now, how do I go and obey it so that it becomes food for my soul? That's the issue. That's the matter God wants us to pay particular attention to so that we can continually remain, may remain spiritually nourished. And as we remain spiritually nourished, the life of Christ will flow through us. It was Jesus was only doing the will of God who sent him. That was how he engaged this woman who came innocently to drink water, to fetch water. It was an attempt to do the will of God that he engaged this woman in a conversation. Beloved brethren, can God help us that we too we will be very proactive in doing the will of God? We'll make it a personal determination in our heart that you will watch to do the will of God. That will be your purpose. Do you see the way this scripture was written? It said, my work, my food, is to do the will of him who sent me. Look at this next part of that verse. He said, and to finish his work. So, beloved brethren, doing the will of God, there is a time constraint to it. Doing the work of God, there is a time constraint to it. He said, and to finish his work. Beloved brethren, you know, before I started this Bible study, I just received news. One of our dear brothers in Manchester, I have known him when I came to this country. I knew him to be a firebrand for God. He passed on to glory. And they, 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 on the WhatsApp group, they sent a message. Our brother Amos has, has gone to be with the Lord. Because I know the family. I know the wife. I know the kids. He was a preacher. He was into music, Christian music and all that. You know? And that is his time. His time has finished. The challenge for me and you, beloved brethren, is time is going on our lives. Look at what the Bible says. Um, to do the, his food is to do the will of him that sent him and to finish. What does finish mean? Complete. 
there is time allocated to doing the will of God, beloved brethren. None of us here will live forever. There is time ticking on our heads. Look at what Jesus said. Go to John chapter 9. And it surprised me when Jesus said this. Look at it. Verse 4. John 9 verse 4. Look at what Jesus said. I must walk the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can walk. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Jesus said, I must. It's a must for Jesus. Look at him again. I must walk the walk of, I must walk the works of him who sent me. Again, he who sent him. Do you remember? In the previous verse we read. It's always about him who sent him. And Jesus said, I must do those works. Excuse me. Can I ask us a question? Do you see yourself that you must do the works of him who sent you? Or is it a choice for you? Have you put that demand upon your heart? I must do what God has told me to do. I must. M-U-S-T. Must do it. Must means I have no option. I cannot but do it. That's must. Have we put must upon our work? Our relationship with God? The demand of Jesus upon your life, have you put a must to it? That's the question. And it touched me that Jesus was saying this. He said, I have to do it. Why? Look at it. He said, I must do it while it is day. Everything Jesus was doing, he was doing it while it was day. The daytime of his life was when he was alive. As a man, the daytime of his life was when he had opportunity given to him straight away. And that has not changed for us. Beloved brethren, me and you, we are in the daytime of our lives now. We must do what God has asked us to do. It's a must. Why? The Bible says the night is coming. The night time of a man's life comes when he cannot do any work. When no one, look at what Jesus said, when no one, as if Jesus was putting himself even in that category of no one. It's strange, but actually, Jesus had a time constraint on his head. He had a time constraint. That's why if you look at John chapter 17, he was giving an account to God of the things he had been doing. In that prayer, do you remember? In John 17, he said, I have revealed your word which you gave to me. I have revealed, it, revealed your word to those whom you have given me out of the world. 
That was an account he was giving. Beloved, we too must do his work. It's a must, please. It is not a choice. If Jesus put a must on it, on his own life, why should I be, do less as a disciple? I pray the Lord will help us. I mustn't do less. If Jesus put a must, then me too, I must put a must upon doing his work because the night is coming when no one can walk. Now, going back to that John chapter 4. We're examining the food of Jesus. John 4. Remember, the Bible says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to do his work. Dom, you are welcome. We are looking at John chapter 4. On verse, yeah. We are on verse 34. We are talking about the food of Jesus. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Look at Jesus putting a, 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 a limit. He wants to finish God's work, beloved brethren. You know, I asked myself a question. How do you finish God's work? <laughs> Does God's work ever finish? No, God's work doesn't finish in that sense. But he can finish for you. You can get to a point where God will say, you are done. Come home. He can finish for you. So, for Jesus, he aimed to finish his work. For Paul, he aimed to finish God's work. You too must aim to finish God's work for your life. Now, look at the next part of that, that scripture. Verse 35. Jesus, as if Jesus was going to expand upon this work. You know, in verse 35, it says, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for the harvest. Look at it again, verse 35. Jesus was throwing in a a common saying. Do you not say (laughs) there is still four months and then comes the harvest? Do you not say? I think Jesus was saying to me and you, please don't say there is time. Don't say, don't worry, Lord, there is still time. Jesus was telling the people, you normally say, four months and harvest will come. Please, by the mercies of God, don't think you have all the time. Excuse me, young people, the young ones among us, please 
Don't think, oh, I'm just 15. I'm just 16. I'm just 17. I have time. Please, look at what Jesus is saying here. Don't say it is four months. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't say I have time. Don't say I am young. Do you know Jesus, do you know the Lord was talking to Jeremiah? He told him very clearly, don't say I am a youth. Should we go there? Look at Jeremiah. Because there is this notion that, oh, I'm young. So working for God or doing his will and to finish it is not for me. Jeremiah chapter 1. Look at it. Look at verse. <laughs> oh, I thank God for the word of God. Look at verse. Read. Somebody from the Salido family should read from verse. Six and seven for us, please. Jeremiah chapter one, verse six and verse seven. Yes. Jeremiah one, six to seven. Yes. Then said I, our Lord God. Who is reading? Regina. Uh, yes. Okay, yes. Fine. Uh, okay. Then said I, our Lord God. Behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do you see the word of God? Jeremiah said, I cannot speak, I am a youth. God told him, Do not say I am a youth. (laughs) Do not say I am a youth. The young people among us, please. I hope you are listening to the word of God. Do not say I'm young. Abigail, are you hearing me? Samuel, are you hearing? Do not say I'm young. And use that as an excuse not to do what God has asked you to do. The Lord was talking to Jeremiah. Do not say I'm a youth, for you shall go. (laughs) You see the demand. It was as if God was telling him, you have to go to where I send you. And wherever I command you, you shall speak. Do not say I'm young. So for the young people, they too, they they will normally give an excuse. Oh, I'm young. There's still time. That's one excuse for them. As if God is also reminding me and you, do not give an excuse for your own life too. Do not say, I have a lot of work to do. Lord, I'm busy. Do not say that. Do not say, Lord, you know, it's not easy. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. Don't say that. Do not say, but God, I can't talk. I can't, I can't declare the gospel to this person. I'm afraid. Do not say that. That is the demand of God upon our lives, beloved brethren. Do not say, 
there is time. You are not the owner of the clock of the time of your life. You are not the owner. You cannot say you have time when you do not know when you will go and meet your God. You are not the owner. Or does anybody, can anybody tell me exactly when he's going to meet the Lord? Which year? Please don't say that. That's why you cannot say this time. <laughs> Jesus was reminding the disciples, don't say it is four months. He said, lift up your eyes. And you see, when you lift up your eyes, you lift it to God. And God automatically shows you what is to be done. But when you don't lift up your eyes, and your eyes is always on this earth, your eyes is always consumed by what is around you now. You cannot do what he has asked you to do. We need to lift up our eyes to the Lord. Lift up your eyes. That's the demand for God. And you are not lifting it up unto any man. You are lifting it up to God. Because he's the only one that can give you the proper perspective of your spiritual life now and what you ought to do. So we are also going to pray, Lord, can I keep lifting up my eyes to you? Lord, help my eyes that I am not engrossed with what is happening in the world around me. If I'm engrossed with what is happening in the world around me, I cannot lift up my eyes to the Lord. As you lift up your eyes, you will see the harvest. You will see the souls that are perishing. You will see the need when opportunity arises to speak the word of God, to speak the good news to people you encounter. I'm praying that this will be our experience. That we will not eat anything else but the food that Jesus Christ was eating which was to do the will of God, to practice the word of God, to put the word of God into action, and to finish his work. May the Lord help us. May the Holy Spirit quicken your heart today as you feed on the food that Jesus has asked us to feed on, which is to do his will and to finish his work. Amen. Come and join Pastor George's Bible study at 8 p.m. 